Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another special edition of the Latest Shiny Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Spector. With me, as usual, is Rob Hirschfeld. Hello, Rob. Hello, Stephen. Well, uh, two days ago, God, on a Sunday of all things, uh, IBM came out and said they're purchasing Red Hat. And I can't remember if it was 34 or 38 billion. At 30 something remember? billion. Yeah, 30 something 30, billion. 34. And, and then I had a conversation with a group at work today and I said million and they all told me I was stuck in Austin Powers land, that, uh, <laughs> that it's billion. So, Mr. Bigglesworth says 34 million. <laughs> billions. So I wanted to talk about this with you. We did try to get some folks, but we, we wanted to get something out quickly and getting all the big names in open source now may be a bit tricky. But what I have noticed, I'll give you what I've noticed and, and wait, yeah, I wanna, before you do, there's an opportunity for listeners to um, hear me talk interactively with another uh, one of our illustrious guests, Martili, uh, on Thursday, October, that's going to be November 1st, no, Halloween, October 31st yeah. at 9 a.m. Pacific. So go on Twitter and find us and listen in on, on that. We're going to do a panel. And that's live? It will be live. Perfect. Okay. Live. So I'll have this out before then, I promise. So the thing I have noticed from Ben Keeps's opinions that I saw and some other uh, things was that, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, people are pretty down on this. And the open source people um, don't think positively of this. And now I'm beginning to see people worrying that where does this leave open source in terms of this is, you know, Red Hat's kind of become the big open, we all look to open source for everything. And now they're gone. Are you getting that impression? I, I definitely agree. Sentiment is negative. Um, there's a lot of ner nervous open source people. And I've seen some like IBMers going, we love open source. Um, very quiet from the Red Hat side. And we've, we've done a lot of open source and open source commercialization talks. And I, I think they're, they're worth noting because we, we love this topic. Um, but Stephen, I agree with you. The, the community sentiment right now is that this hurts open source. Open source is under a lot of stress anyway because people yes. are struggling on commercialization models. And I, I don't think that this translates into a win for open source technology. Um, Red Hat was always painted as the unicorn of open source. This effectively takes them out of the market and trusts IBM stewardship. IBM, for, the, for what it's worth, IBM actually puts a lot of people and time into open source technology, but very they help, differently than They Red helped Hat. build Linux early on, and they were huge. But, they were, and, and OpenStack and Cloud Foundry yeah. and Kubernetes, and um, you know, the, um, they do a whole bunch of blockchain technologies and JavaScript. They are really good ambassadors for open source and yet have a horrible reputation for it. It's, it's, a, it's incongruous. So maybe, I mean, maybe this is, I, I, just thinking out loud, maybe this is a new phase of open source coming where the idea that now that open source is basically accepted, everyone uses it, there's tons of stuff, everyone consumes it. Maybe we're moving to a new model where open source just is. And the idea that open source needs to have these people out screaming and running and it's kind of the end of the early days of open source versus proprietary. Now just open source is a normal part of the business. I'm just throwing it out there and maybe it's, it's kicking and screaming that that's going to happen. Except a lot of people I know don't think of Red Hat as open source. Sorry, Red Hat. Oh, um, I agree with that one. They, they, 
they believe that the way Red Hat approaches it, which really locks people into licenses, is, is not about the supposed open, collaborative, innovative pieces. Now, Red Hat individuals do a great job, right? A lot of these projects have um, you know, sort of moved move through. At the same time, it, we get these um, you know, huge behemoths rolling through open source projects, um, and it's very hard for small innovators and small companies, which are much more agile and able to move in small projects, right. which are much more able to move and be responsive, um, to get, gain a toehold in the middle of, um, you know, say, an OpenStack uh, marketing blitz, where OpenStack has a project that does everything. And if you want to create a counter, you're all of a sudden running up against Red Hat at every, every turn. Whether right. they have a good project there or not, it's, it's, it's very monolithic. Um, well, do you think that, I mean, one of the posts I saw just divert a little bit is that yeah. it said that most of the Red Hat people that are good are going to leave. And I wonder about that because where are they going to go? I mean, there's only so many companies that build. If you work on the Linux, for example, there's only so many companies that pay for Linux. So not, I don't get that they're going. Where are they going? Well, they, they could go into industry and, and become practitioners. They could leave and go do open source startups. And we could, we could see, and my expectation, sort of my yeah. hot take on this, is that, that we are going to see a huge logjam being broken up in market. That uh, part, people who want to partner, so companies that have partnered with Red Hat, are going to look for other alternatives, smaller alternatives. Right. Um, and companies that want, and customers that are worried, have already been worried about Red Hat becoming the next VMware or the next Oracle, which we'll look, they we'll look elsewhere doing, now. Are, are going to be looking for alternatives. And I don't think it's that hard to replace, no, it's always hard to replace right. uh, Red Hat. But I, I think that if you need a Linux distro, there's plenty. Not that crazy to find a, a, a Linux distro. Somebody could step forward and do support. You don't need IBM to do that for you. Right. Um, and the same is true with Kubernetes or virtualization infrastructure. Um, those things exist in ways that you could break. You, know, you just pick up the pieces you want. We could be moving away. I hope we're moving away from the monoliths because I don't think they, they innovate well. No. So what? So what's? Tell me the answer to this question. I asked this question on Twitter. To I know the first person I saw it was from Krishnan, who lives on Twitter. And so I said mm -hmm. to Krish, "Why? What's the benefit to IBM?" And uh, um, so, what does IBM get? Is this desperation? Is this? I I I, I mean, I've I seen recently that on saw. Twitter. Yeah. I, I saw I recently totally that agree, they but. made their numbers, but. IBM's kind of a going nowhere kind of company. I mean, does this, and then someone said, well, this is great because now, you know, this huge IBM Salesforce can go sell Red Hat. And I thought to myself, well, the people that haven't bought Red Hat, they know who Red Hat is. They aren't afraid to buy Red Hat because they're not big enough. They just don't, don't want a pure Linux alternative. If they're in the Microsoft mm -hmm. world, they go get SUSE. Or, so what does IBM get? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, it's of the things that I can stack. I don't see IBM becoming a new, you know, trying to recapture or capture number four in the public cloud space. Um, and in the press, it's been positioned as this huge hybrid cloud play, which I don't get, um, which I don't, which I don't buy either. Um, 
because hybrid cloud's really hard and the tools that they have available are not that great. Could be that they're thinking Kubernetes is a hybrid cloud thing. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I, Kubernetes is good for companies that want to use the same things in multiple clouds. That's different to me than a hybrid cloud. But you're not going to go to IBM for Kubernetes. I, I just, I don't see that. I, uh, but so, so if IBM is starting to, so what I would expect to, to happen, although I just don't think there's that much money here, is IBM is trying to sell you a vertical stack. And what, what they were finding is they were basically just becoming Red Hat resellers over and over again. Um, and at that point, they were like, oh, we could keep all this money. I think there's a lot of money to be made selling a, a vertically integrated Kubernetes stack. Um, and Red Hat had a lot of partners who were ready to do that. Um, and, and maybe IBM came in. I, there's a there's a flip. So let me let me finish that sentence and then flip and then flip yeah. that on its head. Um, this the idea of what it is might not be an obvious thing. It could be they're actually looking at edge, or they could be looking at, at your you know international markets. There, mm -hmm. there might be something that IBM is doing strategically that Red Hat is positioned, but Red Hat has really no meaningful edge technologies. They have potential edge technologies. Nothing I can uh, say. And, and I, you know, I don't think they're that great in all these other clouds that, that they would you know, allow IBM to step in. You know, we'll see if IBM gives up software and says, we're not going to do any more infrastructure and spins that business out. Maybe that's, that's something, but it's, uh, they seem stuck. And the other side of it that, that I haven't heard as much is it's possible that Red Hat was not in as strong a position as people thought. Um, I've been a, a fan of Red Hat commercially and of their position in market, but a lot of people are uh, down on, or bearish, I would say, on on-premises private infrastructure. And if you assume that market is drying up, then Red Hat, while they're dominant today, could could be could look be looking in the future and seeing more challenges from Amazon, Google, and Microsoft than you might have thought. And VMware. Well, maybe that's what it is because you're the first person to say that. I haven't gone and actually looked at uh, their books or any, you know, and I haven't had time to look at Red Hat's books. But that may be why they sold. And then, but the problem is, is how much they make it like two, three billion. I don't, something like that. I mean, they're going to have to earn. I mean, IBM's to have to pull that 30 some odd billion back out. How long does it do that? They, I, I, again, that's a lot of money to have to lay out to try to recoup from Red Hat. Right. And well, and I think it, it the interesting question that is very hard to answer right now is do they keep the partner relationships and build on those partner relationships. Because one thing Red Hat has just been dominating in the spaces I play in are these partner relationships. And yeah. people have been very excited, like systems integrators and hardware providers, and you know, they've been super excited to partner with Red Hat and resell Red Hat and, and do all that. I, I don't know if they're gonna be as excited to do it for IBM. Um, and I think uh, that, all right, let me, let me, I think, yeah, I think that people, I think that people, partners who are embedding Red Hat deeply into the technology stack um, and assuming it's the base of a product, uh, like a software-defined networking vendor or a hardware, you know, switch provider, somebody trying yeah. to build around Kubernetes, um, 
they might they're they're going to have to look at this and and wonder if it's you know it's a, it's they're strategically aligned now. So even if they are, they won't know for two years, and it's got to make yeah. everybody Nervous. question it when it's when when these are very fast moving things. You can't wait two years. Those um, days are over. You have a month. I mean, people need to know now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's just the way it is, right? I mean, hey, we went to an, we went <laughs> to an like, event last week on Edge, and no one even knew what it was, but we had a two day event. <laughs> I, but they are looking for partners, and these yeah. partnerships are going to move slowly. It's it's possible that you know, and what I hope happens out of this is that people turn around and don't just do default partnerships with the biggest name they can find, but we go back to a little bit more of a um, integrative story where companies take some more ownership for that. Um, that that to me, I like those. I like those markets. I feel like they're faster and more exciting, and there's yeah. there's space to innovate because you can actually take uh, something new and pull it in. The reason why I'm, I'm nervous about the IBM Red Hat thing is, is, is that it's going to be very hard to position anything new into that stack. It's going to be a very big, slow-moving corporate stack. Oh, um, yeah. That's going to slow a lot. And, but, and, and it was already hard. From, you know, Interacting with Red Hat like that was sort of a talk to the hand. Red Hat's got this under control. Yeah, and now it's going to get even more difficult. Right. Well, anyway, I, I will say if there's one thing, Rob, the last couple of months have been the most interesting and crazy for open source I can remember in ages between Redis and then um, the announcement. Um, yeah, I mean, just it's, it's like open source is on fire and there's stuff happening all over the place. And it's quite okay. interesting. Oh, that was Neville screaming. I apologize. And it's just I've never, I don't remember a time like this in open source this all over the place well I, I there's definitely a lot of commercial sort of stuff trying to figure itself out um on fire though is not necessarily that it's on fire in a going really <laughs> fast aggressive way no. from there's, there's people people uh, you know shirt jackets they need to roll on the ground and put out the fire no it's just what it, i think there's confusion about open sources of role how it fits and and again how you make money and i know we've had conversations about this and we've even had some pretty purist people who believe that you know if you do open source right and build a community that's what matters but well someone's got to pay at some point and uh maybe that's what this is all about now is these big companies have been using all this stuff and everyone's like well hold on i need money and maybe they think the solution is to buy these companies and i don't think that's the solution uh, even even red hat is you know they're got to be struggling with cloud eating their core business which is monetizing an operating system yeah um and i don't think people need that as much so yeah, they're in, they're in trouble. I mean, they bought one of the, I believe Red Hat bought CoreOS in part because they wanted to stop CoreOS from becoming a new distro, um, right. cannibalizing their sales. Um, that's not the official reason. So who knows? But but and uh, well, we have this weekend. Everyone will hear. We have this is a, we'll just use this as a commercial, Rob. So the Rancher <laughs> the Rancher podcast with Shang is coming out. Uh, <gasps> that's a great one. It's either, I think it's coming out this weekend, and uh, it's a preview of his uh, talk that's going to happen in China in two weeks. And so, highly recommend our people listen to that. But again, that brings into this whole, you know, he has the Rancher OS and orchestration. Maybe it's just there's so much confusion in the marketplace, and even the big companies don't know where to go, what to do, and everyone's just 
closing their eyes and I guess I don't know what the right word is. They're they're going fishing and hoping something bites. Is that a that's a terrible expression. I just don't have the right one. The big companies as in the customers of open no, source no. or the, uh, the buyers? Yeah. IBM. I mean, they're buying Red Hat. That seems kind of throwing the fish line out a little bit. And I, uh, I think they have a strategy, and I think we're 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 all f- floating around on what the strategy is. Um, there's also another thing that it's possible that Red Hat had multiple buyers. Uh, yeah, we don't. These are things and, we don't know. Which explains the big multiple. And so it's it's possible that three or four people were bidding, and IBM felt you know they were they acquired based on being the willing to offer the highest price because it's a, it's a very generous price. Yeah. That's what I was saying. So, well, it's a good idea. Yeah. I I think that of all the, uh, of all the explanations, that's the most. And so, you know, what you're really potentially saying is IBM was the most vulnerable to Red Hat being acquired by someone else, somebody else, um, and got, and, and, and bid the price up from that perspective. And, And that to me is the most logical explanation all the other ones are sort of fun to play with and we can well, talk we don't about know. Feedback, Well, so our listeners, if you, uh, again, agree, disagree at comments, if you want to get on here with Rob and myself and tell us we don't know anything, we're happy to have you. That's never a problem. If you want to come on and tell us we're exactly right, you know, we'd love to have <laughs> you. Well, there, there is no <laughs> problems at all. Well, Rob, thanks again. Uh, two short podcasts. This will go out uh, uh, previous to this one, our Edge Congress uh, short podcast will go out. And uh, for our listeners, if you like these occasional 10-minute, 15-minute podcasts in between our longer podcasts with guests, let us know. We're trying to mix it up a little bit as we're in our second year and offer a variety of content. Well, Rob, thanks again. And um, who knows, maybe uh, your company will be bought by Amazon next. And uh, remember, it's not millions, it's billions. Billions! <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, we're, we're 1 billion, like lottery ticket type, type money is fine. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good, have a good day. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Stephen. Bye.